This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. could get 16 senators to impeach Donald Trump? Well, no. He's, first of all, how many, he, ta- well, how many senators is Ted Cruz? An is elected official. Uh, that's one thing. Donald uh, Trump? Donald Trump is okay. not elect- an elected official. Okay. At least not yet. Okay. So I don't think so. No. Uh, now, what if he's elected, though? I mean, well, I think okay. you'll call Let's say he's elected. So, so what we're, the plan is... To get him elected and then impeach him. Right. I, and honestly, this is tossed out to me all the time. <laughs> and it's mainly from people who really don't like Trump, but are trying to convince you to just, you know, suck it up and vote for him anyway. Which, I, you right. know, I understand. But, the look, it's completely implausible. It's not going to happen, most likely. No. It's not impossible, but, I mean, it, you don't vote for someone with the intent to impeach them. Especially well, when they haven't done anything wrong. I mean, maybe they go in there and they're just liberal. Don't That's you, not, you don't get impeached I for being liberal. I thought you trusted Ted Cruz so much. How many senators is Ted Cruz? Do we have any idea? 75? No, he's one. He's uh, one. Oh. And by the way, uh, you know... <laughs> it, I wish he counted for 75. Yeah, the assumption, the assumption is that you'd get all the Democrats to impeach a Republican president. Yeah, I um, mean... And then, and then, and then you just need addition, 16 more. Say 16 more, depending is, on what the split is. It's a stupid theory, because not every Democrat is going to... I mean, it depends on what he does, obviously. First of all, you got to commit an impeachable offense. And also, it has got to be a house. high crime and misdemeanor to start, and then... It starts in the House. And impeach him in the Republican House. Right. Which likely will still be Republican, right. even with Trump. And so uh, so impeachment processes begin in the House. Now, the trial would happen in, in the, the Senate. Senate. But and then trials almost never happen. And you're, all, and you're also assuming that, um, uh, that the Democrats will be like, yeah, we want to get Trump thrown out so we can have Mike Pence, who's a much better candidate, will be much more difficult to run against in mm. 2020. I mean, they don't want Mike Pence to be president. Um, you know, and Mike Pence isn't the greatest uh, politician of all time, but he's obviously a lot better than Trump and much more mm-hmm. difficult to deal with than Trump. Um, you know, with, with Trump, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, they, they probably assume he's going to melt down on his own. There's so many problems with that uh, theory. And again, you, you don't. A lot of times people get in trouble trying to do things with this uh, super long term outlook. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say that because, you know, there's many things 
that a long-term outlook is a great idea for, you know, investing in your retirement. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that we always think thinking long-term is right. It's not always right. One of the issues with that is when you try to predict 40 years down the road, you uh, wind up missing things that you can't possibly know. This is an issue that happens with environmentalists all the time. In, in the early 1900s, in New York City, there were environmentalists. And they were very passionate about the, environmental, uh, the environment and the environmental issues of the day. And one of their big concerns was, if we don't act now, we are going to have so much poop in the road from the horses that we're never going to be able to survive. There's going to be disease everywhere. There's going to be too many people all riding horses. There's going to be poop everywhere. We are screwed. We must act now. Now, they didn't predict the car. They didn't predict the fact that society would change so that the only horses that are in Manhattan now are circling Central Park, and even most of those are no longer allowed. That you Sometimes thinking long-term burns you. And when you're trying to say, like, well, what if, I, if we do X, Y, and Z and predict 9,000 variables correctly, then maybe we can, we can succeed. It's not a good way to think, and sometimes you have to understand your own fallibility enough to realize that you're not going to be able to pull off this 19-step process to get what you want here. The best thing you can do is argue for real principles uh, and vote for the person you think <clears throat> executes them the best. It's so weird, this weird hatred for a guy who represents principles of the Republican Party like no one since, I, I think, even more so than Ronald Reagan, probably dating back to Barry Goldwater. You had a chance here to elect the first true conservative in, in decades, and they hate his guts. Why? Why this weird hatred for Ted Cruz? It I mean, is, he was, he didn't tell the party line. Absolutely bizarre and to the me. Fu- the funny thing about that is the, the big complaint they have with Cruz, more than anything, because obviously the primary battles are the primary battles. The big complaint they have is he didn't endorse, which is if you like Donald Trump, the thing you, you love supposedly that. love you about love the that. guy. First of all, Trump himself said uh, the, the pledge was dead. Uh, Trump himself said he would not right. uh, necessarily line up behind right. uh, the Republican nominee. Right. And not to mention the thing you like and about Trump is that... on Bernie Sanders right. to do just what Cruz did. Right. They all praised Hold to Sanders. his principles. Yep. But he didn't. And then they, they bashed the hell out of him. And then they... But, but Cruz did hold to his principles. Yeah. And they bashed the hell out of him. And the thing you supposedly would like about Trump is he's doing things that politicians don't normally do. Politicians normally fall in line mm-hmm. and endorse. Look at people like Scott Walker and Rick Perry and, uh, you know, Bobby Jindal. And, you know, all of these guys that I think a lot of them are really good conservatives <laughs> all went in there and said, look, he's the Republican. I don't want Hillary. I'll do it. They all did that. So the one thing yeah. you should like about Cruz is the one thing you hate him for, because it's your guy. You know, I, so I, I, I don't understand that. But again, this isn't about Ted freaking Cruz. It's not. I'm actually sick of talking about Ted Cruz. I love him to death. I, you know, do I think? Do I want him to run in 2020? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Even you know, even if Trump wins, I want him to run in 2020. I want him to primary him mm. uh, because I think he'd be a much better president, and I think he'd be a really good president. But he's not going to be president in 2016. I'm over it. 
It's over. He's mm. not going to be president in 2016. He has zero chance of it. I'm not that he, you know, Donald Trump, while I think he lied and handled himself terribly in the primaries, he convinced enough people fair and square to, to elect him to be the freaking nominee. I think it's a terrible choice. I think that's the voters fault uh, almost exclusively for choosing poorly. But I mean, that doesn't I don't I'm not the, all that worked up about Ted Cruz. I, I as I said at the time, I didn't think Cruz would win. I never thought Cruz would win. Even towards the end, I was shocked he got to second place. I assumed it would be either a, a guy like Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, or Marco Rubio. I thought those are the three. And Bush, to me, always seemed a little bit less just because of his name. But, I mean, he, he fit that profile and had lots of money. But Walker or Rubio seemed pretty likely nominees to me. And, uh, and I said I would vote for Walker or Rubio. I, I was not exclusively for Cruz, Cruz or die. I, mean, I, there, I had seven, I think it was seven or eight. We had seven. We, we talked about it all the time. Yeah. We had seven possibilities. Of and they, and they ranged from Jindal to Cruz to, as you mentioned, Walker and Perry. Fiorina. And, and Fiorina. Mm-hmm. I mean, even she, she was a last resort. And uh, I wound up liking her a lot more. Uh, yeah, um, uh, toward the end. Especially towards the end. Uh, but I mean, I, I always liked Carly Peter. Rubio. We, we were very early on uh, that. But. Who else? There was, there was, uh, there were seven of them. We, we, Perry, Rick Perry. Yeah. Did you say him? I think uh, so. Uh, Perry, uh, Santorum was out there initially. Santorum um, would have been. I, you know, again, I, it, viable. Kind of soured on some of that, but still, yeah. uh, you know. The, the point, was still out Rand there. Rand Paul is another one. Great one, yeah. I mean, there's a lot out it's there. It's not a good like field. we were always cruise or die. And I will say this, too. <laughs> we adopted a very uh, restrictive policy before the campaigns, and it was based on Jeb Bush, which was, if Jeb's the nominee, I'm not doing it this time. I'm sick of pulling the trigger for Romney and McCain and, all, and Dole and all these guys that I don't really feel passionate about. This time I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm voting my conscience. That was our policy before the primary even started. So in a normal year, we probably would have voted for 13 of 16 of these candidates. Or 13 of 17, or 14 of 17, but Donald Trump never would have been one of them. Never. I mean, going back, I don't care how long you want to go, there is never going to be a time that I would have voted for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He was. N- it's not a borderline issue here. You want to throw Jeb Bush out there? You want to throw, uh, I mean, Kasich to me isn't a borderline one either, but uh, who are some of the other moderates that were in the field that we were not fans of? Um, I wouldn't vote for Huckabee. We would never um, vote for Kasich. Never case, yeah. Uh, Bush. Bush. Bush is the easiest example. Yeah. Bush oh, to me, I mean, New I voted. Jersey boy. Oh, oh Christy. Christy. Yeah. But Bush to me was a guy, I mean, I voted for his brother. I supported his father. Uh, you know, I, I liked him, generally speaking, as a governor. He was, he's not a crazy option to me. In a normal year, in 2008 or 2012, I probably would have voted for Jeb Bush. I just, I'm sick of that policy. I see where it gets us. Mm-hmm. So I was already adopting a more restrictive policy, as we all were. And we talked about on the air well in advance of the primary. Um, the issue with, uh, with Donald Trump is he's so far away from the normal Republican, so much worse that there's not even a moment I considered it. People are like, whoa, are you, come on, you got, you got to get across this little line, this weird line you have, because you, didn't, you wanted Ted Cruz to win. That is not the line I have. The, the weird line, line is called principles. Yeah, it's, 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 Values. it's never Trump. There are other <laughs> Jeez, people man. Uh, that I would absolutely have uh, voted for. 
I mean, you know, Bobby Jindal is a good example. Uh, Scott Walker. There mm-hmm. are issues that Scott Walker, Scott Walker and I disagree on. Still, we would have voted for Walker. Absolutely, we would have. But uh, yesterday, Hannity was set off by something. I, I, I don't know what, because we didn't mention him. We haven't mentioned him in weeks. Uh, but uh, here he was uh, calling us crybabies. You can't be a sore loser in life. And some of you people are acting like sore loser, crybaby, bad sports, pick your toys up and go home type of people. Really? Now, my promise to my audience in March of 2015 was I'm going to give as much airtime to all the candidates on radio and TV and let the people decide. You keep telling yourself that, And they that, decided Sean, in record seriously. numbers, Donald Trump. Keep, keep and then I said yourself. in March of 2016 that I'm going to support the nominee, and some of you are going to be emotional, and I knew that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say to all of you, and that includes the commentator class, that includes the Jonah Goldberg class, that includes <laughs> Jonah Goldberg know, radio talk show host Glenn Beck is like on a, it's a holy war for him at this point. At this point. I mean, he's, he's off the rails. Talk about attacking me rails. every day, blaming me for Trump. Well, no. no, I was fair no. to everybody, Glenn, whether you want to admit it or not. I know I was fair. My conscience is clear. And I, frankly, <laughs> is it? I'll, I'll proudly pull the lever for Donald Trump with a clear conscience. Well, good for you. Yeah, man. Good for you. I, I, I mean, we ever said you can't do that. We never said you couldn't do that. And we never, not once did we blame Sean Hannity. We talked about the fact that the guy's been in the tank the whole time. I've talked about that. I don't know that Glenn ever said that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I think he's quite mm. obvious a supporter of the guy. I think he probably has a personal relationship. Obviously. And, and has a, um, a, a, certainly was more forgiving for the things he's done in the past and things he was saying at the time than, than I have been. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't blame Sean Hannity. You know, again, this is a, we are a movement, if nothing else, of personal responsibility. You get into a ballot box, you go, or you go and get into, into behind the curtain, and you got choices, and you make them. Sean Hannity yeah. doesn't vote for you. I don't like, I don't agree with all the things he said about Trump by any means. I mean, I think, you know, strongly disagree with him on a lot of it. But the bottom line is, Sean Hannity goes in and he does a freaking show. Mm-hmm. He's not your god. He doesn't make decisions for you. Donald Trump won 43% of the primary voters. Uh, you know, that's more than anybody else. So he gets to win. But it's 43% of the primary voters who are responsible for Donald Trump. It's not me. Yeah, I don't get it's not bl- Glenn. And, 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 you know, the fact that he's blaming us is, is obviously ridiculous. But, I mean, it, it's not me. I told people not to vote for this guy. Mm-hmm. I told them not to vote for the guy who continually polled as the worst possible option against an incredibly lot. unpopular opponent. Yeah, by a lot. I mean, that, what do you think you get when you when you bring him in? He still might win, by the way. But, Maybe. I mean, you know, the odds are that he probably won't. I mean, most of these places uh, that do the polling odds have him about 15 to 20 percent chance of winning, which is still mm-hmm. significant. I mean, it's possible. Uh, as they, as uh, the, I think it's the New York Times point this, points this out. Uh, it's about the chance of uh, a uh, a good NBA free throw shooter missing a free throw. Well, that happens every single game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, any individual free throw, there's a, probably about a 15% chance that they miss it. So, I mean, this it, he has an absolute chance to win this thing. But the idea that you can blame never-Trump people for a 186 electoral vote deficit is obviously false. And I can't Pathetic. imagine Pathetic. anyone actually believes it. Uh, but there was more. And here's what he said. 
you know, with Trump, even if you're a never Trumper, the worst scenario is maybe you don't like the way he say things. He's saying things. With Hillary, you get a known pathological congenital liar. Don't like liar. the way he's saying With things. With Trump, you have someone who be, could become a great leader and could do great Please things and what? really change this country if he does what he says he's going to do. With Hillary, wow. your country, your constitution, and all that it wow. stood for will continue a rapid decline to a point where it may be destroyed. What the hell? And the very frightening thing is so many U.S. citizens might want to have a liar than somebody a liar? who's politically incorrect as president. Uh, there's no well, bigger right liar now, coach, than Donald Trump. You, know, you don't want the liar on your team. Right. And that's what you're going to get. Right. And somebody who has sold her office for money. And his. So, so here's what I say to all and of you his. never Trumpers. Glenn yeah, Beck, I hope say, you're listening. Oh, we're, we're You listening. own Hillary Clinton's Supreme Court appointments. Really? You this own it. So stupid. Wow, is this pathetic. You are doing everything I mean, so you can do to cast him. out in people's minds. All right, I've heard enough. I can't take it. I So last <laughs> night, I wrote an open letter to this guy. I wrote an open letter on my Facebook page. You can check it out if you want. Uh, open letter to Sean Hannity. Grow up and, and just admit that you've been in the bag for Donald J. Trump for whatever reason since day one, and everyone knows it. Everybody knows you can say all you want. I said on March 27th of 1946 <laughs> that I was going to give equal time to every candidate and treat everybody the same. You've been over backwards for the man every step of the way, and everyone knows it. <laughs> you attack Ted Cruz regularly while defending Donald Trump at every turn with religious fervor, and everyone knows it. I, I, I mean, he, Hannity, you've claimed that we're sore losers who can't let the fact that Ted Cruz lost go. Apparently, Sean, you just can't understand opposition to someone based on principles. You've excused everything Donald Trump has done in the past and the present. Uh, you certainly didn't do that for Barack Obama and, and his policies. And in fact... Uh, his policies were and still are really similar. Mm -hmm. They're about the same. Excuse the fact that that uh, Donald Trump was a Hillary Clinton donor, uh, not to mention a Hillary Cl uh, Foundation uh, donor. And now he's railing against both of those things. You've excused his health care position, which he said just last September. He'd have the federal government pay for health care, uh, even if it cost him votes. It seems to me that's single payer health care. If I'm not mistaken, I, I mean, that's worse than Obamacare. I thought you were against Obamacare, Sean. Weird. Uh, a couple of elections ago, while you were doing the stop Hillary train countdown or whatever that was, your buddy Donald Trump was funding her. Weird. Uh, oh, and uh, Trump was telling Americans she was doing a fantastic job and she'd make a great president. Weird. While you, uh, just like us, were railing against Planned Parenthood, Donald Trump was telling Americans that Planned Parenthood should remain federally funded. Weird. While you, like us, were railing against George Soros, he was telling a crowd, forget about Soros, leave him alone. He's got enough problems. You're really weird. So while you've been insisting that Donald Trump isn't flip-flopping on issues, 
He's flip-flopped on so many issues, even he doesn't know where he stands on them anymore. His latest immigration softening is a perfect example of that. The man who's been proclaiming that illegals have to go at every campaign stop is now talking about the humane path to citizenship. Uh, And you're okay with that? I mean, this is so weird. Seriously, Sean, you've been exposed here. Okay, You, you can continue to live in your... Little, I've been fair and impartial this whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. I just offered everyone a chance to come on the air world if you want to. But everyone knows better. You can blame Glenn, everybody else who who stuck to their constitutional principles for the pending Hillary election disaster, if you want, if that makes you feel better. But everybody knows better. We told you the guy couldn't win. We said that. From the beginning, he was a joke. He can't win. He certainly can't beat Hillary. We begged. We pleaded for a better candidate with conservative constitutional principles. As we were just talking about, there were seven of them who would have been pretty damn good choices. And there were 16 of them who were better than Trump. Including Jim Gilmore. Including Jim Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you for that endorsement, uh, (laughs) Jeffy. Appreciate that. You're welcome. But, Sean, you and so many others, for whatever reason, had to have Trump. Had to have. So join us in reality, my friend. You own her if she wins. Certainly not on us. No. And and that's one of the dumbest things I continually hear in this election cycle, is that we're going to be responsible for it. I mean, I, you know, you want to be, I want to be as, you know, uh, understanding as possible. I think, uh, you know, Hannity is in a difficult position. He took a big risk here. I mean, he endorsed a guy mm-hmm. very early on. And I think what you said is completely true. I think Whole everyone time. knows it. Everyone was talking about it at the time. Yeah. You know, he, he, yes, he brought out other people. He wasn't always trashing every other candidate, but he overwhelmingly was defending Trump, bringing him on. Uh, and, and, and when it got really important, and it was down to Trump and Cruz and Rubio. He there was, was trashing no Cruz and Rubio. Question of um, that. So, but that's his right. And look, I, I don't know. You know, maybe he, they're great friends. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Whatever. Just admit it. I, I think just it, fess up. Here. But to sit here and blame us, like we, we, pathetic. What, I mean, we had a lot of reasons for not voting for Donald Trump, and a lot of times we tried to reach out to people who were considering him. And one of the reasons I made, I mean, I I did a segment every day about the polls and begged and pleaded for people to understand Mm. that if you want Hillary Clinton to be president, the vote is for Donald Trump because Donald Trump will lose to Hillary Clinton. She's (laughs) probably, and I mean this honestly. Seriously, did we say that? How many times? Yeah, over and over. How many times? Probably the only candidate in the field that would have lost. Would George Pataki have knocked off? Well, some Clinton? of the rest Probably. of us wavered on that issue. Yeah, I think you were pretty consistent the whole time, saying, yeah. "No, this guy can't can't beat it. He can't. I mean, he can't beat her. It's not to say that he can't do it. I guess. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's possible, possible, but it's, it's just like, so unlikely. What I said over and over again was, there is a no evidence that he can beat her. Not no evidence. Like you can feel right. like he might, and, but and there's no evidence. Yeah, that's what they go on. And B, feeling. And right. And B. Compared to every other candidate, he has a worse chance. Every time they polled, you'd see, you know, uh, even when uh, the very few times where Trump would win against Hillary in a poll, which, of course, would be all over Drudge and all over these same sites. There was two out of 150 uh, yeah, we two, talked something about, like about at one time. But he'd win by one. Cruz would win by six. And then Rubio would win by ten. 
Right. If you wanted someone to win, we made this argument even while supporting Cruz. If you want someone purely to win, the pick is Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio will destroy Hillary Clinton. If you just want her out of office, vote for Rubio. You said it was, we said it so strongly that Pat and Glenn were featured in a Rubio campaign ad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Which we asked them kind we asked of them kind to of, take and they down. Very nicely did, and they did. And it wasn't, nobody was pissed. No, no, no. We no, just no. said, you know, no, like, we're kind of We're Cruz supporters Cruz, who probably so. shouldn't be in the Rubio. <laughs> so, but the, so. that's the thing. It's like, every, yeah. we, it's like us saying, hey, we warned, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You do it and you blame us. Yeah. We had nothing to do with your decision. 40% of the, pop, of, of the Republican voters decided to pick the worst candidate, as you pointed out today, Probably in American history, yeah. in a major party. I don't party. think there's any probably about that. I, he's the worst candidate. I mean, that I've ever heard of. That I and, and maybe I've you I know, haven't he, heard I'm, of every candidate. Right? Yeah. There's probably somebody that like you know maybe in the 1830s or something. There was some crappy candidate, but this guy is the worst, but, certainly in our lifetime. I mean, there's but, no doubt about that. So I mean, to, to, like what this boils down to, I think for for Sean, and he's the one that everyone's talking about right now because he keeps. He keeps going on this train. Like we, yeah. we mentioned Sean a few times in passing, um, but he's the one attacking Glenn right now, and and other people who are on the Never Trump kind of bandwagon. And mm. I, I understand that. Like, His but I passion think over the this issue, is so weird. It's so weird because weird. number one, you cannot win by mm. getting people who are Never Trump in the bandwagon. He's losing by way too much. Yeah. So that can't do it. You've got to go the other so, way. Right. Even if all of us said, okay, Absolutely. We're, we're for Trump now. And Eric Erickson said, okay, yep. I'm for Trump now. And we're all on the bandwagon. What about That's, the Jonah Goldberg class? Oh, the well, no, Jonah you can Goldberg. never get no, the Jonah the Goldberg whole, class. Here's can the you? thing, that if you go through and you look at these polls, <laughs> Trump is losing that even if he swept 100% of Republican voters, not even just never Trump have people, but other people. Have you done the research on the Jonah Goldberg class? I though? have, and <laughs> okay. it, it would not matter. Um, so wow, I, he's really behind. What, so why do you do this? <laughs> I mean, the only ex, there's no way. Look, I, and Sean Hannity is a smart guy. There's no way he believes that the never Trump class is responsible for 186 electoral votes. I mean, I know he doesn't believe that. There's no way anybody could believe that. It's, it's, it's absurd. So what you, what you go down back to is he, he took a big risk. He endorsed somebody. Uh, and supported him very Don't early take it on. Out on us, man. And, and, if it, and, and, oh, and maybe there's pressure that it's not working, and he's looking for someone to kind of blame. But come on, dude, we didn't really? do anything. Seriously. We fought this guy every step of the way. Not just now. We're not turning on him in the general. We said this guy was terrible from the beginning. What kind of weird people would we be to mm. argue against a guy and say he was terrible for the Constitution? And, and the worst candidate of all time. And now we're for him. And, and, and I don't know, call him cancer and then go and support him. <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't want to be Perry, that guy. We don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. And, I, you know, it's nothing to do with, with thinking, wishing I, that Cruz would win and being a, a sore loser. No. It's because I actually believe this crap. Yeah. I mean, I go on there and, and we, we talk about this stuff. I care about it and i really want there to be a country that actually believes in these principles mm -hmm. and values right Wouldn't now nice? we don't have one and Wouldn't i'm, I'm nice? you know i'm over it thing has pissed me off so much i've really worked up a thirst got anything i could oh, i don't know fine. drink i do uh, maybe help and maybe i don't know 
restore some nutrients. Are you along asking the way. me? I do. No, have, I'm not. I'm not asking you. I'm asking Stu. He's asking me specifically uh, because he knows sure you don't have the answer. Uh, I've been ranting for too long, and it's time for a commercial about Super Beats. Now, Super Beats. Oh, uh, what an amazing coincidence! Pat, it is a drink. Uh-huh. And I will right. tell you this: not only is it a drink, it it has the nutrition you're looking for. Okay, uh, which is great. I like uh, that. Uh, you know, Pat, it, Sean Hannity talked about elite athletes in that particular uh, <laughs> monologue, and I don't know, maybe he was got, he was getting close to a Super Beats endorsement himself. <laughs> uh, they are rich in dietary nitrates, and elite athletes use them all the time. I don't know about the sore loser part. I don't see how that has to do with us at all, but they do like Super Beats. The best part is there's no beet taste, and we make fun of this all the time, but it's something they take seriously there. They understand that you know people mm-hmm. aren't necessarily uh, fired up about uh, beets drinking eating beets. They're a little icky. That's my, that's my theme for my entire life. You have a bumper sticker on your beets car that says icky. beets are icky. Yeah. Uh, but Super Beets <laughs> knows that, and they made it flavored like black cherry, an original with natural apple. So you mm. got some options there. Give it a shot. Get the energy you need. Get the nutrients you need. You'll love the results or your money back. 800-951-8896 is the number. 800 951 8896 or stewlovesbeats.com that's stew in the next 19 seconds you could sell your home okay it's i mean it's not going to sell your home i mean this but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth sell your home fast and for the most money Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's today, right? Is this the trip to Mexico's today? Uh, Yeah. This is the trip where Trump is hammering out the Mexican payment. Uh, for for the wall, I, right. and I guess the first installment's going to be due pretty soon because we got to. I mean, the uh, you got to get the the brick masons. <laughs> yeah, you got to get you know the uh, it's a lot of work. I don't know who else Hopefully builds walls. The wall the people have to show up. Yeah, he's going to show us the truckload <laughs> of money from Mexico uh, later today at the immigration speech. Yeah, so here's come back from Mexico. Here's the money they promised for the wall. Now the the immigration speech is tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, I thought it was tonight. I thought the Mexican Did they change was, it? It's tonight? No, okay. it's tonight. It's tonight. This is what we're so hearing. So that'll be interesting. Um, so he's got to go meet with them, and, and there's a few different theories about why and how this happened. Um, one what is, are they? The president of Mexico is very unpopular. Um, he is broiled oh. in personal scandals really? and, and things down there. So hmm. he, uh, the one of the theories is because it's he, not Calderon anymore. No, he's it's long not Vicente gone. Fox either. Fox, uh, long, long gone. What is it? Enrique Nito. Well, we don't N- hear about N-I-E-T-O. that guy at all. No, you don't hear, I, hear about him at all. I mean, I so don't he know that a, I've, he's a handsome man. I don't know that I've ever, yeah, uh, looked upon his uh, lovely face before. And he's adorable. <laughs> he's, um, he is. My, I heard, and I, I did not nice hair, confirm right? this, but look at that hair. Yeah. Look at that hair. It's great. That's good hair. It's great. That's like Brad Pitt hair. Um, he has a something like a 24% <laughs> approval rating or something ridiculous. So <laughs> Why? What is he? I don't okay, know. so a scandal? It's scandals and, and, and corruption. Uh, so the thought is, thought number one, is he's bringing Donald Trump down there to yell at him to make himself popular in the country. Oh, that's uh, probably a good strategy. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. He's already right? called he, them names, right? That's right, he's going to bring them down and say, yeah, we're not giving you a damn cent for that wall and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And and you could argue, too, that that would help Trump because Trump, you yes. know, oh attacking gosh. a presidential yes. candidate will probably help Trump. 
Um, so that's argument one. Argument two is um, he because uh, he did invite Hillary as well. And I don't think Hillary is going um, for a separate meeting with them to talk things out. Um, and the idea is they may have thought, well, we'll, in, we'll invite we don't really want to talk to Hillary. We'll invite both of them to look balanced, but probably only Hillary will come. And they just predicted it wrong. Oh, that's right. Okay. So I think that's mm-hmm. plausible. The third thing is that um, usually these sort of meetings, sorts of meetings, take weeks and weeks to plan and, and everything. And so they threw it out there, not believing that Trump would do it. And Trump's like, hell yeah, I'll, pa- I'll pop on the jet right now and fly <laughs> down there. Yeah. Um, and so th- it could be that, uh, that he didn't expect Trump to say yes. I can't but wait. My belief is that because be you won't believe how many people on Twitter and Facebook think that he's going to come back with a check for the wall. Which would be... Are you serious? Yes, they actually believe that. Um, but uh, given that probably won't happen, it's kind of interesting to see uh, what will happen. Because my guess is they will have some sort of meeting and both of it will try to use it to their own personal gain. And it will be... It will... Uh, you could argue that he's going to go down there and try to make nice with him and mm. come back and say, I talked to... You know, I talked to the Mexican president and... You know, I think he's reasonable, and here's what we're going to need to do. I just can't believe he's going to do that. No. Um, so my guess is he's going to use that to he'll talk tough to the Mexican president and then lighten the policy. So he his fold won't look like a fold because uh, look how tough he was. He called the Mexican president an a-hole. Of course he's not folding. But then the policy will get softer, and he won't have to deal with the claims that he's flip-flopping because he'll look like a jerk to the Mexican president. Plus, everybody knows he's not coming back with a check. It's going to be a truckload of cash. We just said that a few minutes ago. We did. We did. I mean, that's why this The problem is the truck, he won't be able to get across the border. (laughs) He's going to come back with 226 trillion pesos (laughs) to build the wall. That's what he's coming back with. And uh, it's I think that's what twelve billion dollars translates to in pesos. If he comes back with uh, my guess is because, you know, the guy's going to tell him to go pound sand up his rectal cavity. That's what he's going to tell him. And then Trump is going to be pissed. But Trump has to find a way. I think one of the things we t- you just touched on, Trump has to find a way to sort of massage this with the American people who voted for him because he was tough on the border. And he can come back and say, look, I talked this over with the Mexican president. And, you know, they're having a really tough time. And unemployment's incredibly high. And the peso's out of control. And they got rampant. Uh, you know, so we're going to build the wall but, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay for it. I, you know, maybe he could soften yeah. that whole thing that way. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to try to massage that. If you're the Mexican president trying to be popular in your own country, what you say is, I told him to his face, we will never right. spend a dime building his hateful wall. And you know that's the case. And, of course, that's obviously true. Um, and also, the wall's not going to be there at all. No, it's not that no, they're not the going to pay for it. Coming. No one's going to pay for it. Maybe that's his out. Ah, well, we could get Mexico to pay for it, so we didn't build it. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, phone number. I would like to see mm. that one come uh, come down the pike. It's coming, I'm sure. Back in a second here on the Pat and Stew wonderful, uplifting experience. Isn't that fun? It's fun. Yeah. People like yeah. It. They like to be uplifted. That's why we bring Jeff here. Because then you always feel like better than that guy. I feel like, I mean, right. You know, like it's right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, my day sucks. It is his one purpose here, really. Right. Is like, to make us feel better about ourselves. So. Yeah, totally. Which.
Triple eight seven two seven back. Uh, man, Breitbart, Breitbart and uh, Drudge turned out to be so, 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 so right. You're cherry-picking the polls and only showing the ones that Trump is doing poorly in. They exposed That's why us. Breitbart started polling. They exposed us, Stu. They did. They exposed us for the frauds that we are because... <laughs> Uh, they knew that John McCain in Arizona, and look, we're no fans of John McCain. We, we don't like him. Do I want him to beat the Democrat? Yes. Uh, did I, did I care if he beat these other Republicans? No. Honestly, I didn't. Um, but they claimed he was in the fight of his, of life. his life. Of just like his Paul Ryan. life. Just like Paul Ryan, who squeaked by his opponent. By only 70 percentage points. Well, that's if you believe the electronic voting machines. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Uh, Well, last night, uh, Breitbart showed just how right they can be once again, and so did Drudge, in the fight of his life. Yep. He only won by 13 percentage points. (laughs) And uh, that means that the Breitbart poll only missed by nine. Only by nine. Because uh, they had him, uh, McCain only uh, winning by four. Again, for both Ryan and McCain, if these were the fights of their life, they had sweet lives. And, you know, and we know McCain, McCain has, has not. Yeah. <laughs> we're pretty sure. Uh, what a weird... I think the fight for his life was in the Hanoi Hilton, frankly. Yeah. But, uh... I'm so... I'm, I'm always amazed by... Uh, what is the personal benefit and maybe it's not a personal benefit. Maybe it's for the greater cause. But what's the personal benefit of embarrassing yourself by lying about polls? I, I don't understand it. Like I, I don't either. I, I guess don't you just any... don't believe. You just you've become is that it? so is engrossed that it? and obsessed. You don't believe. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I always I feel know. like it's just blatant lying. I mean, like you can always find a like. There is a <laughs> argument to make that there are problems with polls. We've made it before. Yeah. Um, and you know there are problems with polls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen this over and over again. We talk about the issues within particular polls. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea that these people are going to come to you and tell you that you're cherry picking polls when every single poll shows Donald Trump getting crushed. <laughs> uh, how can I cherry pick out of that? You're going to pick the one poll that has him close that has all sorts of methodolog- uh, methodological problems. Um, and and the, while the, I, I'm not dis- and I still don't dismiss the L.A. Times poll. But, I mean, it's one piece of evidence, and all of the other evidence points the opposite direction. All of it. One of my favorite moments of this campaign, though, has been that one douchey guy that's part of the Trump campaign. And he was on with that CNN uh, anchor, uh, whose name I can't remember right now because I think she just fills in. But uh, (laughs) one of the Trump surrogates was on, and she was saying, well, what what are you guys doing in response to Trump being down? You say he's being, he's down. Says who? The polls. <laughs> Says what who? Po- what polls? The polls. I just told you. The polls. What, what polls? polls? All of them. <laughs> oh. And he just goes, oh. <laughs> By the way, you haven't <laughs> uh, seen Michael Cohen on uh Is it on Michael TV Cohen? Since. It was, yeah. That's that that was? Lawyer, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen him on TV since. Have you? <laughs> actually, no. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, actually. That's right. Oops. You're yeah. right. There were a couple other races oh, uh, yesterday boy. that were uh, fascinating, too. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, Bernie Sanders was dumped a bunch of cash uh, against her opponent mm-hmm. uh, in the primary. In her, uh, yeah, for the, her opponent. Right, right yeah, not yeah. for Debbie. Uh, mm-hmm. No, sorry. You wasted your money. Uh, Debbie won, no problem. Pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, I guess same yeah, too bad. Yeah. What was the, who, there was a, an incumbent that actually lost yesterday. 
Um, do you know who it was? Ooh, I do not, because I was going to tell you about the Marco Rubio race. Yeah, go ahead, please. When you find that, Marco Rubio, uh, that race, he won uh, he, after he decided that, you know what, I need to stay in the Senate and was talked into running again. Yeah, and he, he, he entered late, like yeah, I think the at last, last the, at the last moment possible. Yeah. So. And uh, so he, he won. I'm glad he won. And uh, by, also, by how much? Also, do you have what, that? Uh, I do not. All right. Um, but I do know that the person that he'll be running against... Uh, for the Senate seat in Florida, Representative Patrick Murphy, who defeated uh, Alan Grayson yes. in the Democratic primary. Grayson got beat in so the primary? So Grayson couldn't even beat win close. the primary, yes. Not even close. Got destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> and then didn't... Uh, Good. Yeah, it was not. It was not even close. Uh, do you have the uh, the? Uh, no, this story doesn't have any of the numbers. I should have brought it up. I'm sorry. Um, there was somebody, and it was a, a congresswoman Democrat that I knew. Um, you know, she's one of the crazy people that occasionally. Um, we complain about, um, but I don't um, have this. I'm reading oh, quickly. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, they don't have it in the story. Sorry, I thought they did. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out in the break and uh, come back to you on the other side. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the phone number. Back with more. Just you promise you? Will? Well, no. Promise. <laughs> Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm lying and hoping they forget. And now you're drawing attention to it, Pat. You are so <sighs> Oh, and we have to talk. You saw the Wiener documentary. We have to talk about Oh, my yes. God. Yes. we got to talk about that. Eight seven two seven back on uh, Patton Stoop. It was Corinne Brown, um, who you might uh, remember. <laughs> if I think if you saw your picture, you'd you'd recognize yeah, her. She's probably. kind of you know outspoken, sort of crazy Democrat mm-hmm. who has been in Congress since nineteen ninety three. So this is sort of a big deal. Listen to this uh, write up about her uh, of why she lost. July twenty sixteen, Corinne Brown and her chief of staff Elias Simmons pleaded not guilty to a 24-count federal indictment in relation to a nonprofit charity, One Door for Education Foundation, which federal prosecutors allege was purported to give scholarships to underprivileged students, but instead acted as the personal slush fund for Brown and her associates. The indictment says that Brown and Simmons filled the coffers of Brown and her associates with charity funds uh, for their personal and professional benefit, totaling $800,000, much of which was deposited in cash into Brown's personal bank accounts. How do you figure to get away with that? I guess I maybe mean, because you think on. it's cash and you can, you know, I don't know. Well, it's because she's been in office since 93. It yeah. was up, yeah. in, it was uh, yeah. in, uh, you know, she's, that territory is a lot of Jacksonville and some of Orlando mm-hmm. up there uh, on the east coast of Florida. And she's been there forever. Yeah, and just, and the, just she ruled she was, it. Yeah, yeah, she ruled it. Um, she was released on a $50,000 bond after her arrest, and according with House of Representative r- rules, she was forced to step down as ranking member of the House Committee on Veterans Affairs. That's almost Sorry, reminiscent of the uh, Anthony Weiner sort of uh, affair. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, last night, I, I uh, had a little time. Uh, I was just taking some time off from you know, writing because uh, i, I got to get away from it for a while sometimes. Sure. And kind of refresh and then go back to it later. And so I, I went upstairs and I watched, uh, I was going to watch, I don't know what. And instead I thought, wait a minute, 
The wiener thing is out. <laughs> like, don't say the wiener thing is out. Uh, you and I are almost did the same thing. Yeah, yours is a little different. <laughs> almost the exact same thing. The Anthony Wiener the documentary. The Anthony Wiener documentary that I don't know who did it, but wow, are they good. They put together one of the most extraordinary, riveting documentaries well, the most extraordinary documentary I've ever seen. It was one yeah. of the most incredible, incredible things I've ever seen in my life. It is worth its weight in gold. I don't even I didn't even check because it was a documentary. I didn't even think. I wonder if that's rated R. So about halfway through, after about the ninth F word, I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> is it rated is this R? Rated R? I and I didn't even check because I didn't want to know. <laughs> I, I had to watch it to its conclusion now. And I told myself, ah, it's for work. So, um, <laughs> and just, so just, I did. Just so you know, Pat. No, yeah. Go ahead. Finish your story. Yeah, cause it's I, uh, PG-13. Uh, M-A? PG. 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 Okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so I'm not going to worry about it because it, that thing is unbelievable. The I don't know. First of all, it's a miracle that they... Were allowed to do what they did. The full access they had to this guy. Yeah, they were with him all the time mm-hmm. in unbelievable situations where he's just he is saying and doing things that you have to see to believe. You <laughs> really you, the way the guy. I guess it's ego that allowed him to continue to be filmed as he's going through what he's going through with these women. And you find out how he feels about it, and all oh, and and how he lied to his staff, and they know he lied to them, and now they're pissed off at him because oh, yeah. the, they're in a terrible position. Yeah, they've taken a huge professional risk working for this guy. Not to mention his wife, who I, you know, I, I mean, we couldn't. I really had a bad taste in my mouth, obviously, for Uma Abedin. Mm-hmm. She's a huge Democrat operative. She's got possible ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. Super uh, uh, sympathetic character in this thing. She's yeah, she comes off really well. And I didn't it. get. I the, felt this, really bad for her. I did not get the sense that it was, you know, an intentional thing to make her look good by any means. She's I, just, I don't think so either. I just think she's just likable. She's just, just, yeah. just likable, and uh, he's just. I mean, it was so bad for him. And he seems to be so not self-aware that I almost felt bad for him, yeah. despite the fact that he's such a douchebag. He's completely delusional. Completely. Um, there, it's it, 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 giving you a sense of, of how much access they had. Um, I, I gave another example yesterday, but I'll give you this one. There's a point where, like, it really looks like okay, it's collapsing. They, you know, the scandal's coming out. It's a real horrible moment in this as as the as it's going through for them, and. They're together. They're wearing microphones. They say, can you just give us the room? Everyone clears out of the room. They close the door, but their microphones are still on. And you hear the conversation with them behind the closed door. With, with between Anthony and, and Uma. Uma. And Private it's, conversation. It's riveting. It is riveting. Uh, you got to watch. It's called see. Wiener, and it's on, uh, it's on Net- is it Netflix? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. Netflix. It's on iTunes. Amazon. It's not, yeah. not, not Netflix. It's just iTunes. It.
Oh, welcome. It's uh, Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. Uh, we call that, we call it Pat and Stu because I'm Pat and the other guy is Stu. And then there's Jeffy that we don't pay much attention to. But I'm right here. I mean, I'm part of them right here in the whole, whole thing. Yeah, well, we, we try to ignore that. Um, continuing uh, in the... Sp- <laughs> it's just sad, isn't it? It's sad how brutal. Uh, we could be to you, but aren't. Right? That, I mean, is That is sad. Yes, that is sad. <laughs> that is very sad. It's sad. A lot of people wish that we would be that brutal to you, but we... We refuse. Uh, and so I, I want you to uh, know that and appreciate it. And I'm sure you do, right? You do appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> continuing our special series uh, from Wall Builders, Foundations of Freedom. Uh, David Barton sat down with Rick Green again to go over some uh, really cool American stories. The good, the bad, and the ugly. For many people studying our nation's history, separating fact from fiction can be as confusing as the separation of church and state. From the Jefferson Bible to the Salem Witch Trial, it's time to confront the good, the bad, and the ugly moments in our nation's history and debunk some of America's greatest myths along the way. Join historian David Barton with special guests as they explore the America our founding fathers envisioned. What if America's story is bolder, more colorful, and more compelling than you ever imagined? This is Foundations of Freedom. Let's jump right into some of the questions we've been getting from the audience. Let's do it. There are so many people proud of America, but from what I've read and learned in school, we have a lot to be ashamed of. That I'm not proud of America. I hear that a lot, actually. I mean, we talk about the exceptionalism of America, but it seems like a lot of this new generation actually is very negative about where we came from as America. They've been taught that we've actually been a a bad country. Well, if you've been to schools in the last 20 years particularly, you don't think well of America. And that's why we have national leaders going across the world apologizing the world for America. We have our Supreme Court justices that go to other countries say, don't copy the American Constitution. We've got all the stuff that shows the negative about America. Now, even if you dislike the Bible as a book of theology, you have to admit it, it's a it's a history book. It is at least that. Archaeology verifies it. So let's look at a history book. When you look at how God deals with history, you get the story of David. And with the story of David, he shows you David as a young teenager going after the bear and going after the lion and slaying Goliath. And you go, hey, that's really good stuff. Yeah. But he also shows you David and his family failures. He shows you that he can't control his own kids like Adonijah and Absalom. And that's really bad stuff. But God also shows you that David committed adultery with Bathsheba and murdered Uriah. And that's really ugly stuff. That's the way the Bible deals with history. You get the good, the bad, the ugly. There's no sugarcoating. There's no sugarcoating. There's no hiding from the... If you go to American schools today, you get the bad and the ugly. You don't get the good. A great example is the AP test that is used to test our best and brightest history students. There is an interesting question in the AP test, and there's about 95 pages of material they have to study for the AP test. This is indicative of the problem we have. This is wartime experiences such as the internment of Japanese Americans, challenges to civil liberties, debates over race and segregation, and the decision to drop the atomic bomb raised questions about American values. And so let's, let's take the atomic bomb part for just a minute, because yeah. Proverbs 18:17 says, one side sounds good till you hear the other. I wonder if there's another side. That, well, there can't be. You look at Nagasaki and Hiroshima. There can't be anything good about that. 
No, but there's another side to that. You know, you and I are talking about that radio program we do. One of the things we often do about every two weeks, we'll have veterans on and just get their stories. Yeah, and a lot of them from World War II. World War II yeah. veterans. You remember the guy we had on that was off an island, off of Japan, and he was stationed there because we were preparing for the invasion of Japan. So yeah, they were actually building hospitals, right? Exactly. Getting, getting ready to treat the wounded. He was building mobile hospitals yeah. because the projections were that when America goes onto the mainland to fight Japan, do you remember what he told us, how many caskets they built? I don't remember how many. One million caskets. Yeah. I've heard that, that from many veterans that we would have lost millions. Millions. They would have lost millions. That's right. So the estimates in the military range were up to 10 million people lost. So we dropped two bombs and 300,000 lives were lost. Um, I'm not sure that that says negative things about American yeah. values. And ended the war. And what did we do afterwards? And see, that's the we next thing. We went and rebuilt because the nation. We, re we didn't have to. We yeah. went and rebuilt. They're now one of the most prosperous nations in the world as a result of what we did. We we didn't hold them as, as an empire would do. Yeah. We released them back. They're prosperous. See, that's the negative we get about America. We don't get the rest of the story. And so when people feel bad about America, it's because what we do in education days, we teach the bad and the ugly, but not the good. Yeah, no doubt. Let's grab another question. Okay, David, here's a question for you. Our nation was founded by bigots, racists, and slave owners. And yet we say, God bless America. How can we ask God to bless us when we have such a wicked foundation? Mm. Yeah, we, we do hear that quite a bit. If the, if the founders were all slave owners, how could our nation be good? It's a really good question, but it means that that person has been miseducated in America over the last couple of decades. And a great example of this, I, I speak to secular law schools and universities across the nation. I was recently at a very prominent law school, and I, if, help me here a minute. Yes. This goes back, this is about 190 years old, this particular lithograph. These are the signers of the Declaration of Independence. And so I, I put a slide of, of these guys up in front of this, these students in law school, and I said, who up there owns slaves? And they said, well, Thomas Jefferson did. I said, who else? They couldn't give me another name. I said, no, wait a minute. Because one guy did, they're all 56 racists and bigots and slave owners. And they looked at me like, uh, and so then I pull out this. This happens to be the Constitution for the very first abolition society founded in America. It was done by Benjamin Franklin and Benjamin Rush. These two guys right here. These two guys founded the first abolition And it turns out they founded it in 1774 is what it says here. Every time in America we were passing anti-slavery laws, King George III vetoed those laws. In 1774, he vetoed all the colony laws against slavery and said, as long as you're part of the British Empire, you're going to be pro-slavery. And that's when they said, great, let's not be part of the British Empire. You also have Ben Franklin and this man right here, Francis Hopkinson. In 1768, they started a whole chain of schools for black Americans to teach academics in the Bible because in England, oh, you don't teach slaves to read because if you do that, they won't be happy slaves. Well, here are these two guys starting these schools. So they were already way ahead of what other people way around ahead. the world were doing. You, you have this guy right there, Stephen Hopkins. He signed the first anti-slavery law in America, and he had already signed it, but King George III vetoed it. But once we separated, then he goes back and passes that law and signs it. You have right here here, James Wilson. James Wilson started the first law school in America said you cannot have slavery. Slavery violates the laws of God. It violates the laws of the Bible. I mean, I just go through all these others. And, and what happens is we get taught that guy right there, and he's the exception, not the rule. You don't find the overwhelming majority of these guys who oppose slavery, who are abolitionists. We don't we hear that. And even the names you mentioned, the guys you pointed out, those are names most people have never heard never of, heard other of. than Jefferson and Franklin. And isn't it interesting that you've all been trained to recognize the two least religious founding fathers? How come you don't know the others? How come you never get taught about this guy right here, the Reverend Dr. John Witherspoon, 
President Princeton, best known gospel evangelist in his generation. As a matter of fact, he's responsible for this book right here. That's 1791. That's America's very first family Bible done by signer of the Declaration. And while we're on Bibles, let's talk about this guy standing right there, Charles Thompson, who did this Bible. It's called the Thompson's Bible, the first translation of the Greek Septuagint into English. And let's not stop there. Let's go over to Benjamin Rush right here, who started the first Bible Society in America. And he did this Bible right here. It's the first mass-produced Bible in America. And let's not stop there. Let's take Francis Hopkinson, because he's a church music director and choir leader who did this book right here. It's the first purely American hymn book. He set the 150 Psalms all to music. And well, no but, wonder the people that want to be negative on America don't want us to know who all these other guys are. You get all this great history about This guy right here is Charles Carroll. Uh, he lived to be 95 years old. The average lifespan then was 33. He lived to be 95. He outlived his kids, his grandkids. And he got a letter from family members that said, Charles, you will die someday. When you die, you're ready to meet God. This is his handwritten response right here. Oh, wow. It's signed on the bottom. Charles Carroll, Carrollton, same way he signed the declaration, except his hand is shaky. And it says right here, I'm ready to meet God. He says, on the mercy of my Redeemer, I rely for salvation. And on his merits, not on any works I've done in obedience to his precepts. Mm. Here we have American Voices and it's Mayflower Compact, the first government document written in America, December 1620. It says, we whose names are underwritten, dot, 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 do by these people. We whose names are underwritten, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, a voyage to... Wow. It's all gone. Now, one of the books that a lot of people hear about is Democracy in America. Alexei de Tocqueville did this. He came here in the 1830s and, and traveled America and says, I want people back in Europe and, and France particularly to know what America's like. So he did this, and still to this day in AP courses, they'll study this in school, and they'll study this in college, and, and here it is. There's your original right there. This is what they get in colleges I was about and to say, that's, that's quite a bit larger than what I typically see a classroom studying for this. Now, this one right here, this one says in the front here that it's, uh, quote, specially edited and abridged for the modern reader. What you find is here, if it talks about religion, morality, marriage, faith, the modern reader doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. We'll take that out. Yeah. And that's why people feel, as, as those questions were asked, is, how can God bless such a wicked nation? Well, he can't. But you've been told wrong. I mean, we had sins and we had problems and we had failures. But we had a lot more right than any other nation going at the time. And he's blessed us. Yeah, so we've lost so much of where we actually came from. We need to know what these guys actually believed if we want to really understand those foundations of freedom. Exactly right. I don't think anyone has ever picked up a textbook in America that didn't talk about the Salem Witch Trail. Right. And it all talked about it. That's part of American history. You teach the good, the bad, the ugly. The interesting thing about the witch trials is they're always given as an example to show how intolerant those early American Christians were. Yeah. So every time I talk about this, I can hold the textbook up and say, by the way, how many people were put to death in the American witch trials? I've never had the right answer one time. Hmm. But we cover it, but we never get the answer. The answer is 27. Well, that's 27 more than should have died. Sure. We'll just say that sure. up front. Shouldn't happen. 27 more. How long did the witch trials go? Roughly, maybe 20, 22 months, depending on how you look at legal process. So about process. a year and a half, almost about two years. About a year and a half, two years. Now, that's the story we get. We don't say how many are, are lost, and we don't say how long the witch trials. We just say those intolerant Christians killed all these, these folks in the witch trials. Let me ask a few more questions. Uh, why did the witch trials stop at two years? Well, what changed was three Christian ministers, Thomas Brattle, John Wise, and Chris Mather, went to Governor William Phipps, 
and they went to him with this right here. This is called a Geneva Bible. This is from 1590. The Geneva Bible is the new Bible they had brought with them to the New World, and it's loaded up with commentaries down here. They took this Bible and said, hey, governor, the Bible talks about trials. There's trials all over the Bible. You're not using the right evidence. You're not following judicial procedure. According to the Bible, you're not supposed to put anybody to death unless you have two eyewitnesses. And this has all been hearsay testimony. And These so were pastors. Pastors. Pastors came to pastors. the government official and said, your due process is, is all wrong, is wrong based on the biblical Here's standard. Here's what the Bible says about due process. And Governor Phipps looked at that and said, you're right. And got Judge Samuel Sewell and said, Judge, got us Judge Samuel Sewell stopped the trials. He was confronted with the Bible. Judge Samuel Sewell stood up in church and repented in front of the congregation for having shed innocent blood, put people to death because he didn't follow the biblical rules of evidence. I don't think they're including that part of the they story. They didn't get that. In, yeah. We get the witch trials. We don't get how it came to stop. And the reason that's significant is witch trials were not happening just in America at the time. They were happening across the world. 27 put to death in the American witch trials. Do you know how many put to death in the European witch trials? No idea. 500,000. Wait, so the same thing is happening in other places, but we don't include that in the no. what we teach. Our, we, no. we teach that it was just those... The we'll teach that the Americans did it. We don't teach that it's 27. We won't teach that the Europeans did it, 500,000, including 35,000 in England, nearly 100,000 in Germany, etc. We won't talk about that. And the American witch trials lasted 18 months, 24 months, European witch trials lasted decades. So we're happy to point out how terrible America is, but we don't say 27 deaths versus 500,000. Why don't we point out the fact that these pastors stopped the bloodshed and put the due process in place? We could have been like Europe. We could have been like these other countries and had that many put to death, but because pastors stood up. So that's some of the good, right? We're only showing the ugly. Why aren't we showing Well, the we don't talk about the fact that these are the ones who instituted some of the freest governments in the history of the world in any nation. Yeah. They came up with Bill of Rights to protect individual liberties. These guys came up with some of the best education systems in the world. They're the ones who started Harvard and Yale. These are the guys who came up with some of the most remarkable treaties with the Indians, the longest-lasting American treaties we have. Are with the we won't talk about the good things they did. Yeah. So very true. Triple eight seven two seven Beck patents too. Uh, a really good point there that in the uh, Salem Winch trial. You know how many, were you listening? Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. You, so you did hear, hear how many people died. You know, how many witches we killed. What was the total? 27. But, you know, they're witches. Who cares, right? Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, when they're well, witches, we should have killed well, all witches. They, Am I right? First of all, if they hadn't have burned mm-hmm. or drowned, if they would have floated, they would have been alive. Then they, they would have been fine. Whose fault is been fine? You know. It's theirs, because if they're a witch, then... <laughs> Obviously, bad Thank things you. are going to happen. Now, you would think the opposite. If you're a witch, you can get yourself out of the situation, right? <laughs> you think so? Really like flawed logic fly there. Fly away on a broom. Mm-hmm. But 27 people here in Europe, witch trials took the lives of 500,000. Think of that. Half a that, million people. That's, now, that, if, if you don't know this stuff, that's more. Than, it, it is more. <laughs> than the United States. For Donald Trump fans, that's more. <laughs> even in euros? So in euros, it's even more. In euros, it's still more, yeah. Okay. It's not uh, as much, but it is more. <laughs> All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. You know, we talked about prepared and preparedness uh, a lot on this show. And it really feels like disasters and global tensions are on the rise. 
Yeah, my Patriot Supply has you know, given you many offers. I first step in uh, to, in the door of preparation, maybe a three-day kit, maybe a uh, you know a week long, couple weeks, a month even. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken an additional step. This is exclusively for this show, uh, the Patent Stew Program, as you know it. Uh, they're offering a one-year food supply. Now, this kind of came at, specifically at uh, request of Pat, uh, who was talking about, you know, you've done mm-hmm. this food uh, preparation yeah. for a long time. Me and my people uh, are kind of engaged in this. We've, really? done, we've done this for a while, hmm. uh, my people and I. Uh, we sort of believe in food storage. Yes, I've noticed um, So uh, we asked him, what, have you guys thought about, because my people might want to do a whole year. It's not and maybe even it. other people than my people. Maybe other people want to do a whole year. And just be prepared, you know, for whatever eventuality, for as long as they need to write it out, they can. And you always have that food and, and that peace of mind. Any people. Any, any people, people do it. And you any talked about people. just the struggle of trying to get to a year. Because yeah. um, you're kind of yeah. always on that. You might not have yeah. uh, all the money at once. You're, you're picking it apart piece by piece. There's that. And then you rotate the whole thing yeah. so that it doesn't spoil and all that kind of stuff. That you don't have to do with this. Not my Patriot Supply. That's so not the way great. they do it. They're giving you the entire year worth of food for, uh, yeah, $997. Now, uh, yeah, it's, look, an it's, a, it's, it's a lot amazing. of money, but not for what you're getting. Now, and I thought, you know, when we asked him, I thought, okay, well, I mean, it's going to be pricey. It's going to be, you know, $3,500 or $4,000. No. $997 for a year's supply of food? Yeah, by the way, that's 55 cents a, 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 um, a, a meal, right? A, a serving? serving yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 55 cents per serving. Um, now, Jeffy, that's not that's a 55 cents for a Jeffy serving. We should point out. <laughs> you should point that out. It's much, but, much more. But I can take care of this. You know, if I don't feel like it today, I'll wait till next month maybe no I, you can't Pat. my next uh, paycheck you gotta act this week actually because they're just testing this out to see if you'll actually uh be interested in something like this and i you know i think you will be um the price will not be extended however past this week so give them a call 800 excuse me 888-411-4782-888-411-4782 or prepare with the there's a limit of two per order so if you're going for okay. your whole family you might be limited there but 888-411-4782 or go online prepare with the really do it now do it great deal i mean why not Sue, it's yeah. really wrong it's really wrong What's going on? Pat is very passionate about very a particular about issue. This. And I'm you really know, if he's passionate, mm. it's probably about important issues that affect our country. Right, Pat? Yes. It, like the NCAA football game that will probably never, ever be released again. What? Bastards. Sad. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, three It's more years than ago. sad. It's tragic. It is. It's an absolute national tragedy. I didn't even realize that. I'm sick of it. That three years ago, EA Sports announced it would no longer make its college sports video games. The announcement was made in the midst of a battle with former college players who alleged the game maker and the NCAA were using their likenesses in a game without permission or compensation. Shut up. They didn't use names. You could name them whatever you wanted. Yep. Now, if you wanted to use the name of a player you like on a certain team, you could do that. You could type it in yourself. You could type it in yourself. But they can't stop you from doing that. And then, so, they were using likenesses or numbers. But size, size, weight, yeah. size, uh, general talent, that kind right. of thing. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a video game. You can't tell, well, that's for sure 
That is RG3 right there. You don't know that. Yeah, yes, well, the Baylor Bears. That's well, it's, well, he's it's, got the same uh, number, and fair, he's got the, the general size. He looks like him. He plays yeah. like him. It's obviously him. And the courts agreed. Yeah, they yeah. Um, And they shut it down. So there's not uh, going to be any more. Yeah, it took three years, but in 2016, wow. players who were in the games for the past decade of the production of the college basketball and football games were paid off as a settlement. Now, this is where it gets really stupid, because the median settlement for these players was $1,000. Now, look, hmm. we all would like to have $1,000. would be more than Jeffy earned in his entire life. But the bottom line is that tearing down an entire franchise is right. probably not worth $1,000. Um, well, they had to pay the money. There, and now EA is saying no more, no more games. We can't, we can't do this. Um, it, it's too bad because it, that was a great game. It was a great game. If you love, if you love college football, yeah, I can't believe and they I do work out some kind of deal. I know, yeah. but it's I mean, really too bad. The EA is like, look, we don't have to pay every player, and, and uh, they can't. I mean, I guess what you, you could. Know, you I was can. thinking what you could do is go to like <clears throat> the SEC, right, or, or the and or NCAA overall that oversees all of them. Well, how does yeah, it work they with the NFL? They pay. Uh, they do pay there. They pay and all you, and the you players. Get all the names. So, yeah. so Madden pays they all, every player. They all get. They play the players' association and the players' association. And that's what I was cash. thinking with the NCAA wow. to, uh, that oversees. And, and obviously, then they're and there's just too many teams down to go to too the division. Teams. You know, to go to the leagues. But like maybe the answer here is you do um, a game where you're just doing specific schools. You go to the top 25 schools. You neg- that changes it though a it lot. It does, but I mean, I, but, but like you, you know, you do something where at least people can play, or maybe you even just release one that's just the you know the championship. You know, the you just do a game that has like the top twenty-five schools, and you only do the final four battle. Like so you're doing Wouldn't a be tournament as much all the fun, time. But yeah, no. yeah. But I'm saying for something, it seems like it would be worth just releasing something. Sure would. Yeah. Um, because you can't, you know, the problem is you got to pay some guy on uh, on Moorhead State, uh, you know, money. You know, the Moorhead. reserve. Moorhead's not in it. Moorhead State's not not part of the uh, football game. It's only, you know, FBS schools. Okay, so Moorhead State's not in it. Even more to Stu's point, <laughs> you'd be paying that guy the same amount as you would uh, someone from, I don't know, mm-hmm. some a team that wins, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know, BYU. <laughs> You're paying some guy from Prairie View. Are they still in the uh, uh, FBS? No. Prairie View A and M. No. I love. They've that. never been in the FBS. So, yeah, they're Division One. Yeah, not are. not in football. But yes. yeah, they lost the more more games than any team in history. Not in football. They've never been Division One football. I don't know. I don't know who the crappy team is. I don't. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, Florida A and M. Florida A and M. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Florida in Atlantic is in there. Florida Atlantic is the is name I was there. looking no, for. No, they're Division One. Yeah, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they're yeah, in there. That's right. Be so good, Florida yeah. Atlantic, a team mm-hmm. that most people would not be particularly excited to play. Right. Right. Their backup kicker is going to get some fee. Right. Um, which you know, you just it's too broad. So you go to the teams that people actually play. Yeah. I bet if you took the top forty teams, you're probably knocking out ninety nine percent of gameplay. Uh, for that pe- uh, games that people choose. Yeah. Right? Forty I mean, or fifty. But, yeah. But you mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. Uh, sadly, every single team. No, no but, that, you know, but, but I, you would be more the, the real leagues. schedules because they play a lot of the cupcakes in the schedules. Yeah, it's interesting because they used to do. It seems like in the like 
09 and 10 games, I, I, you could actually get the Division One AA schools or whatever they call it, FCS now. Some of those teams would be in, and you could be some of them. And then that changed. And now it's like uh, if you play one of those teams, it's um, uh, what, what do they call them? The, like something Southwest or something. So it's just a generalized team from that division. Uh, so they stopped doing that a while ago, and I don't know if that was some legal problem they had too. And then, and then to shut down the whole game, though. Well, another thing they used to do is the um, instead of the LSU Tigers, it's the Louisiana Lions. Right. right. Well, that that's kind of. I mean, that obviously you could is get away with crappy. that. Yeah. But what really they should do is just do the do the leagues, the SEC, the Big Twelve, the Pac Ten. Uh, let them, you know, let them play each other. They pay the league. Mm-hmm. A standard amount, and the players suck it up. I mean, because obviously they're supposed to be amateur athletes, right? So they're Correct. Not supposed to get paid. Right. Suck it up. However, they're suing right. after the fact and wanting the money. And I don't know that you can say. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is you could just make the team generally speak, like change the numbers. Change, well, that's what I mean. That, yeah. you're paying the league. Like, so it's, if, if RG three is number three, uh, change him to number you know twenty nine, uh, and make him uh, shorter. And make him white. You could do that, you know, right? And then just make the team. Generally keep speaking, the talent, the, the level, talent the level is the same. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's what's the, solution. the problem with that. I, I don't know why they didn't do something like that. It's it's really kind of weird, and it's it's too bad. And I think Ed O'Bannon should go to prison. <laughs> why would he? Go to <laughs> he should go to prison for... because he's ruined my favorite game of all time. Thank you. That's true. Ed. Although two Alabama residents reportedly are going to try to raise eight hundred fifty thousand dollars on Kickstarter. Uh, to make their own game by 2019. And it won't be the same if they have to do the same thing. Nope. You know, They'll, they'll yeah. be subject to the same nonsense. Yep. So I don't know how that, that'll change anything. But uh, it's interesting. Madden uh, 17 is uh, going to make some additions to their game. It's already out, I think, right? Or does it come out? I think out? it is out. Yeah. It's I think it's already out. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna address the Kaepernick situation. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and the game is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty detailed. Uh, I, I, you know, you I, buy, I buy Madden every year. Just, oh, do you? It's like almost at this point, just like have it's like a donation I make. <laughs> Last year, legitimately, I, I, I gave, I bought the game. I did that with NCAA football. Yeah, it was just like a donation to EA Sports because I like it. Yeah. Um, so I gave, um, uh, I bought the game, and I think I played one full game, like one really from beginning to end, one game. So Madden 2016, you played right. once. Once. Oh wow. I mean, it's just, it's just not time anymore, you know? I mean, I know. I, there's just too much going on. Uh, which, and I, I'm the type of person that I would like to sit down and, you know, blow off a few hours here and there playing mm-hmm. video games. But it's just like mm-hmm. every time I'm about to, I'm thinking to myself, I should go play video games. And I'm like, well, i got to do this and this. I should probably just get that done. It's like every, I have that same conversation in my head over and over again. And it's like you never get up there. Because it's one thing, like, you know, sometimes I'll be standing in line uh, and, uh, uh waiting for you know my wife to check out at a store and i got my phone in my pocket i'll pop it out and i'll play 30 seconds of a game you know like there's a stupid game that me and my son play uh called a uh, uh, rolling sky i think it's called mm-hmm. and it's a it's this ball and you move it back and forth and dodge objects and it's it's insanely and like impossible to do is there an age um, thing on the game or? what's that 
Is there an age thing on it's the a, game? I would say it's made for not. It's certainly not as you would think of as an adult game, but it's a game for any you know anyone who. It's not like a child limited game by any means. I know you're going to say he's retarded. So <laughs> I, appreciate I was it. not thinking um, at all. But, I just uh, what game so, it was. Uh, <laughs> wow, you seem extremely sensitive. I know. I, well, I, I knew where we were going. I just he, the I, issue is I can never get to the end wow. of the stories when we go down. I don't care if you call my kid names. I just want to get to the end of the damn story. He's ever called you. The point is uh, that uh, you, you know, like, thirty seconds, I can go in and play a game and be done with it and put the phone back in my pocket to yeah. go upstairs to fire up the, the the tv to put on a stupid thing then of course every time you turn on the playstation mm-hmm. it's got to download 95 updates that you weren't there for because you haven't turned it on in I three months yeah, and then by the time you actually play it it's time to come back downstairs and it's like i i back Especially there with were, two young kids yeah, yeah, I mean, can, that does take yeah, up a lot. It really does, time. you know, There's especially no. when you have to worry about them and all their problems all the time that you have to go get them checked at the doctors. Right? If you, you know, you wouldn't feel so bad and uh, so uh, so uptight about it if you would finally just get them checked and get it over with. It's, I don't I know why you it bothers you so he was, much. He, he, he's been to the doctor several times. I, mean, I just want to know they about a game. He's doing really well. Hey, hey, my kid, my Okay. Well, Jeffy's sensitive now. He's sensitive about it because he hasn't had him checked. I, <laughs> I, that's, that's what I'm saying. Just check them. I have checked him. <laughs> the reports are good. He's a good... You need to maybe find another... Yeah, they're doctor. such cute kids, too. It's a shame. <laughs> it is. ruined it absolutely is. everything. Yep. Uh, it is a shame. Okay, so um, Kaepernick's decision will be briefly mentioned in-game, reflecting the commitment to authenticity in Madden's uh, NFL 17 according to a senior publicist from the company. Overall, our new commentary will mainly center around on-field performance as well as major news like trades, free agency signings, and injuries. That's really cool that they're doing this stuff with the games, though. I mean, it just makes the game so great to play. It's really fun. I mean, I haven't played any video game in, I think it's been three years now. And, and I you, miss it. You swore it off. I did. Uh, just yeah, because I it did. was what, eating up too much of your it time. Up too much, and I don't have time for it. And so I, I can't just do that a little bit. And I realized that about myself. I've got that propensity where I just get yeah, deeply involved. In, yeah. So I just stopped. And uh, it's best for me. My big thing was I used to try to get through one <clears throat> Madden season per year. Um, so, like, you know, I would actually try to play... I'd draft a team and then play one season to try to win the Super Bowl. At least try to get through one, you know yeah. what I mean? And that was hard enough because, you know, uh, even though the games are only, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour to play, it's still, it's just like... It's, it's a commitment. So, yeah, it's a commitment. And mm-hmm. it's turning it on and turning it off. And, you know, like, in mine's in a, you know, in like our, our, we have like a theater room type of situation and it's like that type of deal. Like, you've got to go mm-hmm. turn that freaking big thing on and it takes a minute to warm up. And then, like, first world problem, but we've, a, all, we've all got, I mean, well, not all of us, but yeah. uh, I mean, some of us can relate maybe, to that first you, world problem. Maybe too. have the help go up and fire it up before you get home? And no, because you don't trust the help with that. No. Right? No. I mean, you it's don't want the help to it's do that. That's too important. Right um, and I, look, we all understand that Jeffy is, you know. <laughs> and there's a sequence and there's a process and it's got to be done properly. It's got to be done properly. So, uh, so but I mean, it, but it is, it's like that adds, I actually thought, should I just bring it down to my bedroom? And throw it, because, I mean, there is, you know, sometimes I do sit no, in bed. No, because it's not on the tip foot screen. Right. You know I know, but I, mean? I would get more use out of it, I think. That's true. I mean, I think if I were to just fire that up in, in the bedroom, and then, like, you know, you got uh, 30 minutes before bed, I might be reading or, I bet you, know, you would use it a lot more. Yeah. yeah. You flip it on, play one game, turn it off. Right. This is an interesting thing. Would Lisa care? Maybe the wife will tell you to ah, just she wouldn't be yakking at you? No. Are you on that again? No. 
No, I don't think. Fair. I mean, if I was playing it all the time, she might get there. Yeah. But I mean, okay. at t- usually, you know, when I go to bed, the kids are already in bed. You know, that's yeah, the and then you've got a little free time I mean, and you can do what you want. When the kids are in bed, she doesn't even want to see me. I mean, so. <laughs> she, may, she may tell you to sleep in the theater room. This is an interesting idea. The chairs are really comfortable. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have to do that. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents. Well, no. Jeffy does think something. Yeah, once in a while. Well, I mean, with wife issues, he's got those problems oh, down pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, of course, got him down because he's been through them all. Hi, and welcome. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Um, the worst stings in the world, according to a person who has experienced all of them. I think it's the Fields of Gold one. I mean, it's just it's just terrible. It's like whiny and slow and soft, and it's like middling, and it never gets to anything. It's just, it's just boring music. <laughs> Lucas is like, I, <laughs> what a disgust. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you got to admit I the mean, Fields of Gold thing was not good. I No, I, I do admit that. Uh, I'm not a big Sting fan uh, on any of his music, so you could have chosen any song, and I'd actually oh, I agree with it. It's just been so long since I've even considered Sting. I didn't even know what you were talking about for a second. <laughs> oh, God, this show. Uh, red Fire Ants, uh, number one. Holy crap, they uh, now, hurt. This is, I believe, in, oh, geez, they hurt. Uh, starting from the, the easiest one to deal with, by the way, is the Red Fire Ants. Really? Yep. Is it? Sharp, sudden, sure? mildly alarming is the description. Like walking across a shag carpet and yeah, reaching for the one. light switch. They hurt like a mother. Pain level one? That's a lie. That's that's how bad these are getting. That's a lie. Well, maybe with one, though. Because, I mean, most of the time you get multiple bites, which is what causes so much That's true. Yeah. Uh, And and sometimes people are, I don't know, semi-allergic or maybe fully allergic to them, and they just swell up like a baseball. Yeah, my daughter got hurts. She oh, was a little she, girl like that. Yeah, that she stood. Oh, she man. went. She was you know being a little girl and ran over to a tree that had just been planted. You know, so you picture like a, one of those little like new yeah. trees with like the mound below it. Mm-hmm. And she stood. She stood there to like kind of like run away from us and hide. Um, and then uh, did she not realize that's a fire? No, kill? she did not realize. Oh my uh, god! And started standing there. <laughs> so, don't. No, I know, I know where we're going, but I, I want to get to this anyway. No, I'm not going to so, do it. I'm not going to so, do it. Uh, she, uh, she's sitting there, and then she just starts crying. Uh, and of course, and this is a good time to use your material here, because mm-hmm. she didn't think to, I don't know, Move. run. Yeah, right. no, so they she's, freeze. Yeah, right. I mean, she it's just deer in the headlights, right? Deer in headlights, yeah. red ants all up her legs. Ooh. Like, we are... She on the ground, just dusting them off by like yeah. a handful. Boom. I mean, her, got, her legs were was ripped she in up. the hill. She was standing on the yeah. giant plus, hill. Plus, what what makes it worse is when they start biting. Then they start biting more because they're biting more. Right. I mean, it's just a it's a domino effect with yeah. these damn oh, ants. So and bad. It, so she I swell up. Uh, oh yeah, it was it was ugly for like a week. Her legs bet, were destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I will say, however, because that happened at church. And uh, so I went home, and after everything was settled, I brought the ant poison back to that damn mound. Oh, I bet. And I won that battle. I remember <laughs> that. When I lost good. the battle, we won the war. Did you remember- use Andra? 
Uh, I don't know which one I had that day. There's not many Andrew. that work really well. No, there's well. not. The I two mean, that I really like, they're Andrew, almost invincible. Andro works pretty well. The one that works, I think, even better than Andro is the bear. Um, the the one made by the oh, bear yeah, aspirin yeah. people. Yeah, you got to um, follow the directions though, because they will. A lot of those ants. What happens is is that they move. You know, you kill the bunch here. But the whole bunch underneath, yeah, uh, they just. I think a lot. That's Andrew tries to solve that problem by killing the queen and all. That. Yeah, the, right. the bears like they just come out and just die, and like they die instantly because <laughs> yeah. as soon as this stuff hits them, they're dead. Um, but it, I don't know that it, do, it. They don't like eat it and bring it to the queen. I don't think, but it does wipe those mounds out, man. That stuff works. Yeah, and the thing I like about it too is it makes it's white, so you put it on there and like it marks the you spot. It? Yeah, it's yeah. not like you know it like. And I always just tell the kids, like, stay away from the white spots. Yeah. Uh, it seems like if red ant fire ants aren't a Texas-specific problem, it's a southern problem, right? Because I don't yeah. remember these in the north at no, all. I, I don't remember it. fire ants. they got to be on, like, Arizona and stuff, too. Yeah, I, I, probably. I remember getting bit by a bunch <laughs> of them in Florida. I don't remember. It wasn't hundreds, probably 50, but getting in the car yeah. after stepping on the mound, you know. And so you, you stepped you, on a mound on your way to the car. Yeah, and you just, then you just get in the car and you start driving. And I'm like... One quick little ow, mm-hmm. and then pretty soon it's Pain. all of them starting to bite. Yeah, I mean you just stop in the middle of the road. Just stop in the middle. I stop in the middle of the road and get out, and you're kicking your shoes off and wiping them, killing your. I mean, bad. That's the only time I can remember actually getting a you know multiple red ant bites. Did you swell up? Or well, I mean, could you not tell if you were swollen? Why would? <laughs> why wouldn't I be able to? I, th- I think what he's saying there, Jeffy, is... Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. He's, oh, okay, they they, 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 they blew it. They blew the... the yeah, so. For the radio listeners... Uh, uh, he's fat. He, he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we go back to Stu's key? <laughs> uh, the uh, Western Cicada Killer? I don't even know what that is. Um, but. Do we have the creepy picture? Ooh, God. Ooh. That thing would... That Ooh. looks horrible. Cicadas, I remember, too, are kind of like <clears throat> giant flying weird... like. I feel like the cicadas hoppers. obnoxious yeah. and loud. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, pain at first sight, like poison oak. The more you rub, the worse it gets. Pain oh, level really? 1.5. Then there's the western honeybee. Uh, burning, corrosive, but you can handle it. A flaming match a flaming match head lands on your arm, and it's quenched fist with uh, lye and then sulfuric acid. Pain level 2. Hmm. Western yellow jacket. Uh, description, <clears throat> uh, a hot and smoky. It's almost ir- irreverent. Imagine W.C. Fields extinguishing a cigar on your tongue. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, thank you. Then there's the fierce black uh, polybia wasp. Some kind of of black wasp. And apparently, oh, those are tiny. But uh, the description of the pain is a ritual gone wrong. Satanic. The gas (laughs) lamp in the old church explodes in your face when you light it. Pain level two and a half. Nice. Uh, Two and a half? Yeah, Yeah. amazing. Come on. This guy really should not, you know, go outside. Right. Um, The velvet ant is next. Uh, The velvet ant is actually technically a wasp, but explosive and long-lasting. You sound insane as you scream. Hot oil from the deep frying spilling all over your entire hand. I wonder where these things are at. Pain level's three, by the way. Uh, The Florida harvester ant is bold and unrelenting. Somebody is using a power drill to excavate your ingrown toenail. That would hurt. Uh, Pain level three on that one, too. How about the tarantula hawk? Uh, How do we... I didn't even know that thing. What is a tarantula hawk? Look at that bad boy. Wait, which one is it? The bug or the tarantula? That's one thing. Oh, really? That's not one thing. So the bug is a tarantula hawk? And do they feed on tarantulas? Yeah. 
Oh my! As God. the name would imply, I suppose. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's interesting. I Bl- didn't realize that happened. The pain is blinding, fierce, and shockingly electric. A, a running hair dryer has just been dropped into your bubble bath. That level of pain. But that. But wow. yeah, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Because if if you drop a hair dryer in the bubble bath, you're dead, right? Probably yes. And that's only pain mm. level four. Uh, yeah, that's only pain level four. I will say this, Jeffy. I'm not sure about the whole uh, hair dryer in the bathtub, so you should maybe, for the show, you know, give it a give it a whirl. See, what, we try that tomorrow. See what happens. We'll you bring know? it in a tub and give People it a like shot. People like when you do those yeah. stunts, you know. They love it. Oh, they ask us all the time. Uh, then there's the bullet ant. Pure. The description of pain is pure, intense, brilliant pain, like walking over a, f- a flaming charcoal with a three inch nail embedded in your head. Pain level four on that one. Um, and that uh, we'll show you uh, some footage from from uh, from that uh, in just a minute. And then also the uh, the number the biggest one though uh, is the warrior or armadillo wasp. Um, it is a torture. You are chained in the flow of an active volcano. Why did I start this list? It's that bad. Pain level is four. Wow. Um, here is a, a, the a couple of uh, Australian comedians who decided. For some stupid reason, to let, allow themselves to get stung by really a bullet ant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, watch, watch. Uh, this is incredible. How bad yeah. this affects these guys. Watch. Yeah. I leant forward and presented my hands. Oh God. Could I put these gloves on and keep my cool in front of the tribe? <laughs> the answer is no. Oh, 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 oh. Obviously not. Oh, 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 oh. Jeez, with a couple of deep breaths, though, I felt like I'd be back to normal in no time. Can I get you a Panadol? This is the bullet ant, right? Yes. What do I do? What do I do? You have to dance to release the pain, Hamish. Okay. Can we dance then? Jeez, I was going to be surprised if this helped. Seems like a a very strange directive from the doctor, isn't it? Just dance. (laughs) Evidently, it didn't. Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. Because Hames soon commenced what we now know as the six stages of sting pain. Shrieking. <laughs> Refusal to dance. You have to dance. I don't want to dance. I want to... This is the last time I've ever felt like dancing. Screaming slash and or swearing. I think he said this is fun. Yeah, I think so. Some shaking. Wow. <laughs> Biting stick requests. Wow. I mean, uh, wow. It's a bit, obviously, but I mean, like, he is in serious pain. Yeah, I think so. Do we have one more piece of this? Uh, Let's check it out. Yeah. And here's a look at more. Problem was, this went on for an hour. Relentlessly. Cold water? (laughs) Yeah. Toxin from the ants generates the worst pain a human is capable of experiencing. There was nothing I could do to help him, so I essentially stood by in shock at the reaction. That's just not stopping. We later found out that not only do these ants sting multiple times a second, but they release a pheromone telling any nearby ants to also sting. Oh dear. Him had been stung a hundred times over. Oh. By the two-hour mark, yeah. Hamish had collapsed with yeah. exhaustion, but it was clear the pain hadn't receded at all. Two hours? And the doctor offered up a suggestion. Let's go to a hospital. That was unbelievable. You look a lot like a man now, though, just so you know. I grew an extra testicle. 
Uh, it's just swelling from the ant bites. <laughs> so the only thing that did it was drugs? Probably they took him to the hospital guess, and gave him... Yeah. Two hours! Two hours. I mean, you would think, okay, five minutes tops. Every mother is out there going, shut up, you loser guys. Wow. <laughs> you know what we have to go through? Yeah, well, well, that's why we're lucky. We're guys. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, number. Back in. I'm so sick of hearing about that. Look at him, Mersh. You ever notice how no, none of the audience is like, "You're too mean to Jeffy." Ever react when he does stuff like that? They're never like, "Well, well, he's wait a minute." He's calling you out all the time. You don't even react. Right. That's right. Jeffy, tomorrow we're going to bring in some uh, bullet ant mitts, and we just want you to um, put your hands into them and just pet the bullet ants. Uh, they like it, and it apparently brings some kind of <laughs> soothing relaxation, sort of a warm feeling to your body. So Don't. we'll be testing out the bullet ant mitts tomorrow. I mean, okay. I, 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 right. I thought... Yeah. Uh, I, it doesn't. Did you see? I think they bite with you. Well, no, no, did you see? I, they, they don't did have that, teeth. They did that wrong. That was a problem. They weren't. Yeah. He wasn't petting. He was attacking them inside the mitt. You need to pet them. You need to pet them. Just pet. You them. do. If you pet them, everything yeah. will be fine. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. And actually, we were thinking yeah. instead of the mitts, uh, bullet uh, bullet ant bath would be good for you because you know. But how would I know. pet them if they're in the bathtub? <laughs> well, because they're going to be all around you, and you yeah. just kind of rub them. You know, yeah, they really like you know, that. I mean, you know, yeah, he's just no. a little just petting them and uh, making some friends. <laughs> you know, or instead so. of the, instead of the bullet ants, we could just do uh, bullets. I hadn't. That's a. It's easier. I mean, it's easier. hard to get. The bullet ants are really hard to get. It's easier. So what we're going to do is we're going to shoot you in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like it would be that fun. Nah, it doesn't hurt. I, I've heard. Uh, I mean, tomorrow shall we shoot Jeffy in a bathtub? Um, that doesn't. I don't know. I will say this: people will tune know. in for that. You don't know? I don't know. You think yeah, about it. You think about it, and I'm sure you'll love it by tomorrow. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. Oh my yeah, God. we'll see you then. I know we're uh, sad. We kept. Let's save these Jeffy's stories. We path. gotta save the trigger warning story for tomorrow. We also have the uh, where the MLK speech uh, wound up and came up. Yeah, yeah. After he uh, after he delivered it, and mm-hmm. how much they were going to sell it for. We'll have that for you tomorrow as well. Dollar ninety five. Yeah, dollar ninety six.